Hello and welcome to episode six of Brown Game Strong. I'm Mithali and I'm Asha and today we are going to be talking about difficult conversations. topic of difficult conversations feels pretty timely because many of us are now taking it upon ourselves to have those tricky internal ouch conversations with ourselves as well as with our loved ones. So tell me, Asha, what difficult conversations have you been having in the world of activism, love, work or otherwise? One of the most recent conversations I've been having or I've had was one with my parents um, the other day, actually, and it was so intellectually stimulating because we spoke about a whole bunch of issues that feel quite timely at the moment so you know things like colorism things like sexual abuse things like um colonial history things like slavery and it was really refreshing to hear my parents perspective and you know we 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 generally come from the same stance but have different opinions on it or have different experiences with it and it was just really nice to hear their opinion I mean it wasn't so much a difficult conversation it was more so like a stimulating conversation um but it was still I think it still goes quite hand in hand with just having a conversation in the first place but how about you what are the conversations that you've been having I think a lot of them have been centered around current affairs and things that have been happening in the news and in the media Um, conversations I've had with family, with my parents around what's happening, as well as conversations I've had online with people that Mm. it's just really interesting how the process of having a difficult conversation can be so different depending on who you're talking to. And, um, And so what we're going to try and do today is actually cover some of the practical tools and techniques that we can apply to speak to different types of people and in different situations. And I think one that I've probably had very recently is is actually with a close friend and it was about their career choice. And um, it was it was something that I identified as was necessary to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I find that with friends, sometimes you can have really interesting conversations that are not always easy and often you'll you'll come out of it agreeing to disagree. I think it takes a certain type of person to both have that conversation and also receive it. So yeah, so with my friend, I was just, I was realizing that they were probably not in the right headspace to actually make a a sound career decision. And so I tried to help them with, I guess, by explaining my own experience when I went through something similar. And I said, you know what, Um, a few years ago, I was in the exact same situation as you. And these are the reasons why I felt like I was not making sense at the time and I should have uh, thought about things differently. And this is what I learned from that experience. And so I'm giving that to you and it's up to you whether you want to take it or not. But um, it was important to me to actually convey that message in the right way. Yeah. And also, I think the friend often trusts you when you're the one initiating the, the difficult conversation. It feels a lot easier than it is when you're on the receiving end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you're a friend, then it feels maybe a little bit easier. I don't know, because sometimes it feels a little bit more vulnerable when you are like when it is someone that you know, and it feels a bit more personal. But I guess that just depends on the friendship, really. If it's the kind of friendship where you are honest with each other, and you have each other's best interests at heart, then you wouldn't really feel like they're trying to attack you. Um, If anything, you would probably appreciate that they've uh, reached out to you about something and and that they want you to think about things slightly differently. Um, It's really interesting that you say that because I think from a personal perspective, 
I know I find it really difficult to be on the receiving end of criticism, especially when it comes from a friend or a loved one or a parent, because I'm like, you're meant to love me for who I am. You're not meant to see me for any flaws that I have. Um, As opposed to being like, I know that you really care about me and I know that all you want is the best for me. So I find that really interesting. And yeah, I'm going to have to take on board some of the things that you're saying. I think it takes quite a bit of inner work. Like I'm probably very similar to you in that um, if someone approaches me with some kind of constructive criticism, I automatically shut off. (laughs) And actually, sometimes the tools that uh, we apply in giving criticism don't always work because as soon as you recognize that it's going to be quite intense, you know, just that phrase of, oh, we need to talk. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And you're like, ooh, what's the worst possible thing that this could be about? And then you literally play every possible scenario in your head and everything they could possibly have to say about you. And you, like, rack up your own ammo as well. You're like, okay, well, you know, I ha- I'm, I have all angles covered. You know, I know exactly what I'm going to say and blah, blah, blah. Every um, response possible for yeah. anything that they need to say to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're sort of defensive go up and I think that that is a very natural human reaction but at the same time we kind of need to recognize also that that we need to be able to take feedback on board. I had this epiphany that came to me and I was like I I think intense conversations are kind of they feel like they get divided I know for me they do it's like that kind of a feeling-based conversation and a fact-based conversation. I think a lot of what we've been talking about is quite feeling-based conversation where you know, it will be something that comes from a loved one or something that comes with an extra, it feels quite direct and it comes with an extra layer of vulnerability. And it's funny because I find it, I find it easier to have feeling-based conversations, maybe when I'm the one leading them, because, you know, I'm validated by my feelings where I, you know, I can turn around and say, this is what made me feel not very nice or, you know, whatever it is. And that, that is kind of my basis for the discussion. I guess also being on the, on the receiving end of that conversation feels a bit tricky um, and feels a little bit more vulnerable compared to, like, I think, fact-based conversations, which has kind of been a lot of the conversations that have been happening from a lot of people, given, you know, the things that have been happening in recent weeks. Um, I've always felt like I've steered away from them because of not feeling like I know enough or not be- because I'm not informed enough or because I, I feel like, you know, I'm going to get shut down. So I always kind of ran from it. And now it's something that I feel like I'm kind of walking towards because I'm like, this is really important and discomfort is a part of having these conversations and um, I don't know how you feel about you know the fact versus feeling you know there's that saying that you can never argue with how you made someone feel mm. and so I've really taken that on board quite literally and like when I have a discussion with a friend I'm always like but you know I felt this way because I know that they won't be able to respond to me so is that defense mechanism that is put in place and so it is true that maybe we all need to try and incorporate both fact and feeling when we're trying to Mm -hmm. have these conversations because I think both aspects have a very strong part to play. On one hand, talking about your feelings makes you relatable. It makes the other person more receptive to what you're trying to say to them. Yet at the same time, when you when you go a bit more fact-based as well, or, or you kind of throw some more facts in, it validates or strengthens what you're trying to say, which is very necessary because if we completely spoke based on our feelings all the time, those conversations would be slightly biased. And especially when you're approaching 
approaching, say, family members and elders, Mm. there has to be an element of compassion and there has to be an element of, I understand how you're feeling about this, but I have an alternate um, perspective to to give you. And this is what I've been researching and I've been reading a lot about this. And automatically you're telling them that you have facts because you've read about it. But then do you think that, say, if you're stating that you have facts as opposed to stating the facts do you think that that's that can come across as like an, a mechanism for being good at arguing and when I say arguing I don't mean like, you know, let's have a fight I'm talking about presenting the argument so like instead of actually presenting the information maybe there isn't there's an element of like ego that gets involved because it's like mm. trust me I know what I'm talking about I've read about yeah. it as opposed to being like trust me I've read about it this is what I learned Um, Yeah, so it's important to also back that up by actually explaining what you've learned. I think when you're starting Mm. off a conversation, often that is a very key part of actually being able to initiate that dialogue. So when you're, um, the words that you choose when you're starting off a conversation are very important because because people tend to shut off immediately, like we said earlier. There is something (laughs) called a... um, a feedback sandwich or what we call the shit sandwich at work and um, it's essentially when you want to give someone constructive feedback you start off by sort of giving them positive feedback or complimenting them and then quickly throwing in the the actual feedback and then ending it on something positive and I was reading um, about this and actually it's not a very effective method of giving feedback because it's yeah not. because it ends up sort of hiding or concealing what you're actually trying to say um, and and right. it sort of downplays the actual conversation you're trying to have and covers it mm. with all of this fluff. And so people tend yeah. to not really engage with what you're trying to actually say. Um, but mm. the, at the same time, there is a way of, of conveying a constructive message or a slightly different uh, opinion. And it starts off by kind of showing that you understand where they're coming from or that you're trying to put yourself in their shoes to an extent. Right. Um, because everybody has their own experience and their mentality and belief system is based off of all of the experiences that they've lived through and what they've mm-hmm. learned um, up until that point. And so it's important to kind of not disregard that. But at the same time, if you see them, you know, saying something offensive and, for example, if we take the topic of racism, you could see someone making a racist comment and that's obviously not okay. But that comes from a place of they are a culmination of what they've grown up with, what they've been surrounded with. Mm -hmm. And um, they may not have taken the initiative to educate themselves outside of that mentality. But that's where we come in if we see something inappropriate or offensive. I think often we live in environments where we encounter people who have similar opinions to us. Um, It's almost like, you know, the the idea of an echo chamber where... We're surrounded by people who are like us and we filter out people who aren't like us and literally online, like, you know, even you won't follow accounts that you don't like online. Mm -hmm. So you're surrounded by things that you like or things that you agree with. If we're not speaking to people that are not like us or have completely different opinions and we're just surrounded by our own opinions, that sometimes creates even bigger divide and a bigger lack of understanding. Sometimes I feel like it's not even about convincing the other person. I think it's just about like talking, yes, disagreeing, but coming to, you know, listening to each other, soundboarding ideas, coming to an agreement that, you know, maybe like an agree to disagree, but also yeah. just a simple, I understand. I understand where you're, you come from. Yeah. Um, 
because often people will have opinions for reasons that they think are valid and Mm. just because we don't think that they're valid um doesn't mean that they are you know some people might feel like it's totally appropriate to be racist in some situations and they have their own justifications for it i'm not condoning that i'm not saying that that's necessarily right or wrong but i think that's that's how you learn more about the world as well don't you because once you kind of go somewhere outside of yourself that's when you start like hearing the world around you absolutely yeah yeah do you also think that to an extent they may be that way because they've not had difficult conversations it might be that someone has picked up on something you know wrong that they've been saying or something offensive but they've chosen not to have that conversation because it's too uncomfortable and so that person has felt validated and almost like wants to reinforce their mindset and project that on other people over time. And so that becomes, I guess it becomes quite detrimental to them and to people around them because no one's telling them a different opinion. And so, like you said, your echo chamber will keep validating you for your opinions. And so that's, I guess that's also why it's so important for us to surround ourselves with not just people who are like-minded, but people who also have slightly different opinions that we can actually Mm. learn from. So would you say that based on kind of what we've discussed, that it's very important to actively take on that initiative to have a difficult conversation if you feel like there is a need for it? Um, I don't know I think you have to like pick your battles don't you it's like I think it's important to call someone out if you feel like it is important and often you know being South Asian you come across the auntie and uncle who say slightly outlandish controversial things and you let it go at you know and it's you're usually at a family event and you're like don't make a fuss it's not a big deal I think something as simple as asking sorry what did you say or like sorry say that again Mm. um it's quite a good technique and I think that they discuss this on the guilty feminist Mm. where it's like simply asking someone what they said or just to repeat what they said will get them to like think twice about what they said you know if they've made a joke or something like that because then they'll be like that maybe they'll have like expected a laugh or they'd expected you to like go along with them simply just that them repeating it they'll be like oh no no don't worry kind of thing or like oh um you know if they they repeat themselves and I guess they maybe also be bound to explain themselves which is then they're hearing what they're saying again and then being like oh yeah maybe that wasn't okay kind of thing I don't know I think when it comes to it being important to have these conversations yes have them in an environment where you know that it's not gonna potentially have really adverse implications like if you know that it's gonna you know if you're having dinner and whatever and you know it's gonna lead to a massive massive blowout maybe think of a different way of wording it or maybe come back to it later and be like you know we didn't talk about it earlier but I think it is important that you know maybe I just tell you how I feel or something as simple as I don't know sending over a link later on Mm. and those battles and deciding whether you're going to be able to get your opinion across Mm. um the other person's going to be listening willing to listen I don't know I don't know how you feel about it I try and really read the room like when I'm talking about something especially when it's like quite an intense topic or or if it's something quite confrontational I try and find the right setting and I think it's it's quite important to be wary of the setting and the timing of when you're bringing Mm. something up you could have picked up on something but it's not always necessary to respond in that very moment 
So mm. take um, something. It's much easier said than done. I know though, it isn't really it? is because obviously we are emotional beings and we will. Yeah. We are quite reactive generally. It's like if you, if if like your partner's just like really done your nut in and you're like, okay, I'm gonna have to hold it now because we're going to like, I know, have dinner with like our families or something, and then having yeah. to then like hold it together. And just generally of um, like if you're in a gathering or in a in a group sort of situation. Uh, it could be quite intimate, but, you know, someone said something offensive and um, mm. maybe you're on holiday and everyone's just having a really good time and you're just like, do I really want to bring this up now? Um, right. in, in some cases, it might be okay to do so. And, and it, if you think something is not right, then then you, of course, should should say something about it. But you have to think about what you're actually trying to get out of that conversation. That's very important. When you start it, it's yeah. important to think, well, am I just trying to tell them off and make them feel bad about themselves? Or am I actually trying to educate them? And am I am I trying to get them to think uh, from a different angle and perspective, which in my opinion is a bit more progressive. And so if we're able to actually hold in that reactive nature and say, you know what, I'm going to bring this up, but I'll bring it up slightly later. Or you could, you know, after the holiday, text them later and be like, you know, that thing you said, like, I wanted to talk to you about it. And I was having a think and it, you know, made me uncomfortable or whatever it is. I think that could end up being a lot more uh, productive and uh, positive as a conversation, because what you'll get out of that is probably they're in a different mindset. They're probably calmer and not necessarily. I mean, you definitely have to also think about what time you're messaging them and calling them. Like Mm -hmm. if it's in the middle of a work day, like they're probably running around Um, not even really paying attention and I think your tone as well so the way that you say things have that calm grounded tone of voice rather than raising your voice and shouting at them or being quite condescending because that can be really Mm -hmm. off-putting and that can make someone feel so embarrassed that they will completely like dismiss you and be like I'm not going to talk to you about this today or even worse they'll probably shout back and then before you know it's a shouting There was, so there's a psychologist that I came across on YouTube. Her name's Thais Gibson. Um, she runs a, a personal development school. It's called the Personal Development School. And she talks about some brilliant, brilliant things. And in that, she talks about how to communicate your feelings and what you want effectively. Um, I think more so, these are more so for like closer relationships. But it's the mm-hmm. idea of, you know, sometimes we go on and on about how we feel. So it's it's kind of similar to the the Mm. sandwich thing of being like, this is how I feel. Or, you know, this is how, say in your situation, this is how, you know, what you said, it made made me feel a little bit off or it made me feel a little bit uneasy. You know, I'd really appreciate it if you'd just be able to maybe think twice before you talk. I know that's a, this is a very like, base level conversation uh base level example but the idea of say expressing how you feel not going on and on about it but then expressing your mm. needs after that so say for example with like if you're talking to a good friend or like a partner or like a parent just being like you know I like say for example if like the person that you're seeing hasn't like responded back to your text it's like ghosted you for like a couple of days you know just being like I know like you must be busy and you know things must be crazy for you at the moment but I feel pretty dismissed uh say like when you leave me on read or whatever like yeah yeah like you know I'd really like it if you're able just to like drop me a text and like touch base or you know let's allocate a time to spend time together and like when I first came across this I was like no way am I like doing that that feels so vulnerable to be like (gasps) can you please text me or like, can you please like, you know, but I think it's, there's an element of like real 
some, there's something really empowering about asking for what you want. And I think often we assume that people know exactly how we feel or like even in a, in a group conversation, we assume that everyone's going to be of the same mindset or know exactly what to say or, you know, mm. know the correct way of addressing something or saying something. And we don't necessarily realize that some people may genuinely, that's not where they're coming from or they're not coming from a malicious place. So I think maybe of expressing how something makes you feel and what you want from it kind of thing it's it's hard isn't it though Mm. it's hard putting yourself out there and being vulnerable because we are conditioned to act in accordance of making ourselves look superior yeah or you can't text someone three times in a row if they've not responded right yeah yeah yeah. I guess it's like that self-preservation thing of like it's like Mm. a coping mechanism coping mechanism yeah, and I guess also it depends how close you are to this person or, you know, the friendship or the relationship that you have with them. But I think I think we're also, like, really conditioned to always have, like, our defence up or always to always, like, kind of self-preserve. And, yeah, there's a real beauty in just, like, letting that go and just being like, well, yeah, I'm going to be vulnerable, but I'm not going to cling on to it kind of thing. You know, it, it, mm. there's something really, I feel like there's something really powerful in being like, I know what I want. This is what I want. Please, like, you know, if you can give it to me, great. If not, that's totally fine. Whatever. At least I are. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think also we're, like, we're taught, maybe it's a South Asian thing, where we're taught never to ask for anything. We're taught that, you know, there's always the assumption that we should know what other people want and we should be more accommodating to other people's needs than we are of our own needs and, you know, not Mm. being told or taught to express our own needs kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, and that we should be satisfied with what we've got. Mm. And and sometimes you just, if you don't ask, you don't get. And often I've found that by asking, it's just made a world of a difference because suddenly the other person knows how you're feeling or, or just what your needs are. And people aren't generally psychic. Um, I'm really glad you brought up this whole idea of texting someone and then asking them to respond because it's similar to calling someone out as well in a mm. conversation when you say, oh, what did you say? Because suddenly it's like, they know that you're aware that they've said or done something. Yeah. And so they're now obliged to respond. So yeah. you're kind of putting them in a, in a position where they need to respond. Going on to kind of this whole idea of, the digital age now that we live in it's interesting and I've been thinking about this for a couple of days because it's just so acceptable now to just dismiss things and not respond to everything that you mm. see because we're exposed to so much all the time that we pick and choose what we want to respond to and often you know this idea of being blue ticked um and ghosting um is just so common now and back in a, an age where we didn't have phones and we didn't text each other we actually spoke in person how awkward would it be if you said something to someone and they just turned around and just walked away like that's literally (laughs) what we're doing when we blue tick someone right and um and I think we are just kind of so used to not being confrontational that at times I think or bringing up um, a really important topic that is not easy to talk about gets brushed under the rug I guess again that self-preservation thing where we 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 can't we do have a screen in front of us to protect us from the other person that we're talking to or you know deciding to reply like half a day later or a day later is like a self-preservation thing because we don't want to come yeah. across like too keen um yeah 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 I, I agree and I mean I, I was thinking to an extent of even people who make like fake accounts and um 
if they have something negative or nasty to say to someone else, they never do it from their own account because they don't want to show that it was them. And so there is so much room to just put energy out there, even without being confrontational, which I find really interesting because that's not something we we used to be able to do 15 years ago or 20 years ago. But having said that, with, you know, lockdown, with um, the anti-racism movement, with mental health struggles and everything that people are openly now talking about, it has sort of almost forced us into thinking about things from a different perspective. And it's also, I noticed at the start, sort of like created a divide, like you knew who was like being really openly vocal about Mm. certain topics. You knew who was not really saying much and the people who are getting aggressive. And I think there's just such a mix of emotions that I think if we learn to effectively uh, communicate with each other about difficult themes and topics, then we would all come out much stronger as a society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's, there'll be a lot more like tolerance. It's easy, isn't it? Like when you you're, you feel strongly about something to not hear the other or not even want to listen to the other person or the other perspective because you you are so convinced that you are right um absolutely and yeah. Yeah, I think that that makes it that creates an even bigger divide and sometimes just kind of disarming the whole conversation and being like you are absolutely valid to feel that way um and I always I'm always just like ah, oh, when someone says that to me and then they say but dot 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 I'm like stop it that's just like that you're just basically trying to like you know just trying to like invalidate what I'm trying to say blah 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 (laughs) I'm like just let me have my opinion yeah we all want to be right because we obviously everything we do and say we think is right until someone invalidates it as well don't we we want to be validated we want other people to validate us because when someone when we feel like we've convinced someone in an argument or you know if you're having a conversation and they're like yeah yeah I totally agree we felt felt like yes they're validated you get a dopamine absolutely and I feel like sometimes maybe yeah sometimes we have to differentiate between between that and genuinely just having a conversation um yeah which is something that you have to then decide for yourself it's like am I doing this for the dopamine here or am I doing this because we're just having a conversation it's just necessary to remember your why because it will ultimately lead to either a positive conclusion or an argument or a fight and so or it could just be even worse which is both parties just stop talking or kind of ignore what's been said we're basically now just encouraging you all to just have fights between each other and just yeah really exactly. like go like just create absolute chaos in your household you have Mitali in my permission no, I'm, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding please don't um, but also don't quote us on it yeah like so people are going to come back and be like the reason for my divorce is brown game strong oh gosh <laughs> let's not go there but yeah so I guess final question then Asha is there any difficult conversation that you are looking to have and how would you go about it after the chat we've just had yeah I don't know I think I think basically I would probably use a bunch of the stuff that we've been talking about I find that you know potentially asking someone what they meant again so that they repeat themselves is quite a good way of doing it also like you know I've been trying to implement the how it makes me feel and what I want from it it feels extremely vulnerable but I found that it's been really empowering and at the end of the day like 
I'm getting what I want from it kind of thing and not in like a manipulative like crafty way just like a yeah I just you know I, I this is what I would like this person to do or whatever um and it just makes it easier for everyone so yeah those those are my two go-tos but how about you yeah probably try and get the person to think twice about what they've said <laughs> Um, in a subtle way and and also I would probably wait for the right opportunity to reach out to them and say you know something you said I want to have a conversation about it um, I've been thinking dot 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 yeah and and also I think those feelings of nervousness and anxiety that we feel when we are sparking those type of conversations with people I think that is an indication of growth because it shows that you're kind of putting yourself out of your comfort zone yeah. And you're not just brushing something away because it's too difficult to handle. You're actually facing it head on. And that's so important as well for, for our personal growth. Yeah. So um, so I'm definitely going to be trying to do that a bit more in my life, oh, I guess. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've grown from this half hour. That <laughs> this just this session was basically just for us. That's Ther- therapy doing. for us, as is every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope that you enjoyed it. I think there's probably a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.